And welcome to the 28th episode of Filling the Blanks, a movie review podcast with my father. I'm your host, M, and this is my dad. You say hi. When you... Hi. Yeah, that's Ned. It's your cue. You should know by now. Oh, I forgot. So this podcast is all about watching a movie and trying to remember to give you guys our review. And this is all recorded from the living room couch with my dad laying down. Can you confirm? I will confirm that. Yeah. Yep. It's true. Yep. So, uh, what movie did we watch last night? Uh, Nightmare Alley. Yeah, Nightmare Alley, 2021. Do you know who directed that movie? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Wow, you're so good. What else can you, you want to spit off some other facts? Yeah. Yeah? It was a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. Mm-hmm. What else? What else do you want to know? Anything and everything. Well, ask me a question. Well, that's, when was that's, this movie set? Th- this movie was set in twenty twenty one. Okay, no. No. So do you want? Should I just do the summary? Do, you got to do the summary. Okay. In nineteen forties New York, down on his luck, Stanton Carlyle endears himself to a clairvoyant and her mentalist husband at a traveling carnival. Using newly acquired knowledge, Carlyle crafts a golden ticket to success by swindling the elite and wealthy. Hoping for a big score, he soon hatches a scheme to con a dangerous tycoon with help from a mysterious psychiatrist who might be his most formidable opponent yet. That's exactly it. Yeah. So that's the, that's the summary. Yeah. That sounds like the movie I watched. Mm-hmm. So for our review, we are going to cover important categories like plot, writing, acting, visuals, sound. Uh, and we'll try to get through that one by one. But first, important question, will you spoil this movie? No. 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 Yeah. No. Yeah, what What did you think about this movie? I liked it. Yeah, what do you like about it? Mm, I liked the story. Uh-huh. I liked the character development. Yeah. I liked the um, the sets. Yeah, very. I liked the photography. Mm-hmm. I liked the acting. Yeah. I liked the... the um, what else is there? What about the sound design? Sound design. Well, I don't even know about that. Yeah. Was there any music in this? Yeah. Was there? I do have a one of my first notes is that like it had a great score to start, but then like I feel like I barely heard it afterwards. But also, that's probably because the opening, not any speaking. Like although Stan right. is the first person you see, here's a fun fact: you mm-hmm. he doesn't say his first line until eleven minutes in. Yeah, that I noticed. Yeah. So because I thought of, he was mute at first. Because of that, you hear the music. Yeah, I didn't pay that uh, much attention to music, but... but it was good, but yeah, when it was it, there, I didn't yeah. really notice it. It was, I think, a, a pretty good in terms of plot, so... Mystery... Mm, very good. Nightmare Alley is based off of a 1947 novel of the same name, mm-hmm. and there was another previous adaptation, 1947 Noir. Let me I'll check the dates. 
Check the dates. 1946 novel of the same name by William Lindsay Gresham and a 1947 version. It's a, it was a film noir version. Who was who were the actors in the Okay, well, it was directed by Edmund Golding, who I know, and then but the starring Tyrone Power, Joan oh, Blondell, Colin she Gray, was big. Those and are Helen big, Walker. Those are big actor and actresses for the day of the mm. time. This movie it doesn't call itself a re it doesn't call itself like a sequel or like another version of this or remake of this. It's a re-adaptation of the original book. So they're both around the same plot, but they have a little like different details. It'd be interesting to see the Tyrone Power one. Yeah, I feel like that one. I was reading the the plot and like the Stan feels like such a different character. Maybe, yeah. In that one then. But that could just be the way it was written because he Mm -hmm. feels a lot more like blunt and not very... um, uh, what's the word mm, I'm looking for? I don't know. Like, not that you sympathize with him in this movie, but you, there's a part of you Maybe. that like want wants him to to see him win because you mm. you have to somehow like him to continue watching the movie. Yeah, I'm not sure about that because mm. I, you know, it's a little questionable how good or bad he really is. Yeah, but I, I mean, but like, he's not like he's not str- really good. He's not good, but he's also not straight up bad because I think mm. there's a part of him that like, and he's not just a terrible person. He wasn't very nice to the girl that that he said he loved. No, no, I don't think he's a good person. I'm just saying right. that like, if he was a hundred percent, if you're a hundred percent against him, then there's kind of like, a, what's going to push you through this two hour and thirty minute movie? Well, because it's good. You don't have to like them. No, I don't. I don't say. I'm not saying you have to like him, but I'm saying you have to like want to see where this is going. Oh, yes. Character. Yeah, I wanted to definitely wanted to see where he'd end up. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, I it's it's I, not. I, I, I wasn't like him, rooting for him. You don't have to root for him, but you have to want to see where yes. he's going because there's some you know movies where they make the character so awful that you're like, I don't even care what happens. He's bad. Yeah. Like well, he's like a person who I don't even bad, want. To... You want them to see. Something bad happened to him. Or, like, you just don't want... Oh, yeah. yeah. I just... That was my point. It's like, if he was... That picture looks like that his penis is hanging Okay, out. stop watching TV and what? we're doing... Okay, never mind. Just saying. But, yeah, I want to rework stop. that commercial. Stop. All right, go. <laughs> I'm back on it. What? So, yeah, the, the plot is about, a, like, con artists in the 1940s, yeah. specifically associated with the American carnival mm-hmm. um, and how carnival workers um, are liars and swindlers. Uh, yeah, it's a con. Yeah. Which I thought it was pretty interesting. I didn't mm-hmm. know that's how mentalists work. Uh, yeah. That it was like code, through coded language. Honestly, I did not think too much about it. Well, Whenever I, I saw them know. on America's Got Talent, I never been like, yeah. how does that work? And the freak show, all this well, the weird freak things show. in the jars, and and yeah. the lady that that did the electricity. Electricity. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, definitely, and um, I like a, a carnival setting. I always yeah, it was like... dark and mm-hmm. sort of. Freaky. And I think it really worked well with Guillermo del Toro's yes. aesthetic. You oh, know, definitely. I think that. His movies are always like really the sets are always incredible and yes, looks really cool. So definitely a great. A lot of his movies are love stories, and this was it was hard to say this one was a love story. Oh, I I think a lot of his movies are like 
Yeah, definitely complicated love stories. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, not traditional love stories. No, no. But, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So, There's who, who are the actors and actresses in this movie? So, main main person, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett yeah. played the psychiatrist. That uh-huh. the, yeah. And then Rooney Mara, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Ron Perlman... Richard Jenkins and Mary Sternberg were the kind of key. Yeah, good players. cast. Very really good cast. cast. I, I I think you know He'd Bradley Cooper was there. Um, his the what? he got better acting. What? You didn't like him? In this? He was just okay. Oh but then I gosh. think at the end he was really good. He but was I very good. Him. He was he played that character extremely well. I didn't have too many thoughts. I think Tony Collette was amazing. I love Tony. Tony Collette was very, very good. And I loved Willem Dafoe. William Dafoe was Willem, very... Willem, not William. William. Willem? Willem was very good. Mm-hmm. Everyone was. Yeah. Ron Perlman, excellent. Yeah. Ron Perlman works with Guillermo Totoro a lot. Yeah. yeah. One of my notes is I definitely thought the first half was stronger than the second half of the movie. Hmm. Um, is you lost some of, like, key cast for me. Like, I thought Tony Collette and Willem Dafoe in the original Carnival was such a great... Yes, yeah, so, yeah. That whole setting was was really pretty amazing. And when they moved away from that to something else, it, it, it wasn't as... Yeah. It wasn't as... Uh, lively. Not lively. It wasn't as um, as deep, you mm. know, as, as it was. But it was still good. It, was, it didn't get bad. I think it got a little boring, but, you know. Yeah, the, the pacing on it the, was interesting. Mm. You know, there were times that it felt like it dragged, but not not in a terrible way. So, mm. you know, sometimes when pacing is bad, you just lose interest and stop watching. Mm. So this, the pacing may have slowed down in places, but all you wanted to do was for it to pick up and watch more. I, mm. I never got distracted or bored with it. So it was good. Yeah, like I said, this is two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. So if you watch this, settle down watch. for the I night. Did. I did watch it. No, I'm just I'm giving advice. Oh, oh. To like really expect this to be a two hour and Yeah, I didn't know minutes. it was that long, but. Um, so, but and it didn't yeah, bother me. I think the first half, like, I was locked in, like, in, in paying attention, and then you know it slowed down, and I think it picked back up. Yeah, but... I mean, it doesn't go like 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 a James Bond movie. It's not that kind. You know, it, it doesn't have that pacing at all, mm. where a two-hour movie feels like an hour. It's not like that at all. You you do have to put the effort in to watch mm. it. Yeah, I agree. But but I don't think it ever broke stride enough that that it hurt the movie. I I agree, and I I think the. There is a lot of factors in it that definitely helps uh, in terms of very well, beautifully shot, the cool oh, yeah. settings, like yeah. the cool props. Yeah. Um, another fun fact is a lot of the props that were laying around mm-hmm. and things that were part of the carnival and on like desk and things were things that Guillermo del Toro just owns. Yeah, he has a huge collection of, yeah. of that sort of thing. Yeah. As we all know. And apparently, this is another thing, one of the reasons that Guillermo del Toro liked this movie and wanted to do it is mm-hmm. that because he was 
personally victimized by psychics trying to con his family when his dad was kidnapped in Mexico and Mm -hmm. psychics told him and his mother, like, oh, we're like, you know, he's trying to reach out to you. He's trying to get in touch with you. That's crazy. Yeah. Did his dad get rescued? I have no idea. Well, that would be part of your interesting fact, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Here, I can can look it up. Take a little break. Um, Why don't you just talk for a bit? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. That's why I'm passing it to you. What are you passing to me? I think you should talk. Okay. So... Today I was resting, and now I'm on the couch resting some more. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I'll probably rest some more. And then tonight, if the, hopefully there's a movie on, I can rest and watch that. And then it'll be time for bed, and I'll rest and go to sleep. That's my day. All right. You want me to read this section of about... Yeah, what happened to his father? So, around 1997, Del Toro's father, Frederico Del Toro Torres, was kidnapped in Guadalajara. Del Toro's family had to pay twice the amount originally asked for as a ransom. Immediately after learning of the kidnapping, fellow filmmaker James Cameron, a friend of Del Toro since they met during production of 1993's Kronos, withdrew over $1 million in cash from his bank account and gave it to Del Toro to help him pay the ransom. After the ransom was paid, Frederico was released, having spent 72 days kidnapped. The culprits were never apprehended, and the money of both Cameron and Del Toro's family was never recovered. The event prompted Del Toro, his parents, and siblings to move abroad. In a 2008 interview with Time Magazine, he said this about the kidnapping of his father. Every day, every week, something happens that reminds me that I am an involuntary exile of my country. So where is he now? Um, it just says abroad. Where's the abroad? Is he here? I'm guessing probably. States? Probably. probably. Spain? France? England? Germany? What's, maybe, Sweden? Norway? It says he ma- maintains residences and residencies in Toronto and Los Angeles. Oh, okay. That's an interesting fact. And he owns two houses devoted exclusively to his collections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what else? Do you want to talk about? So we talked about plot and acting mm-hmm. um, and visuals and mm-hmm. sound. Yes. Um, any other things that stood out to you about this movie? It was a good movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was... My main notes were... Yeah, I, I liked a carnival setting. I love things set in carnivals. I don't know why. Okay. I think they're fun. That's good. Right? Mm-hmm. A little circus. I love Willem Dafoe just being able to act a little crazy. Well, this wasn't a circus. This was just a carnival. Or a carnival. Did I say circus? I thought you I said, said circus. Oh. But sometimes carnivals are tied in. That What's the, the difference? circus may have a sideshow that has a carnival right. feel, but this was definitely just a carnival. Mm. So you're you're an expert. Yes. Yeah. I, I used to work in the circus. Yeah. Traveling around the world. Do you enjoy just lying? Huh? Do you enjoy just lying for our audience? Well, how do you know I'm lying? Because <laughs> you are. I might have worked in a circus. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. You can never really know who your father is. That's right. <laughs> Why are you confirming that? Wow. Yeah, and 
even though I mentioned that I think it slowed down in the the middle that picked up at the end, and I thought it was a good ending, mm-hmm. which I won't talk about because no, I think you no guys, idea. everybody, should watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any final notes? Uh, it's a good movie. Yeah. So why don't we wrap it up and and get ask to me our if ending. I fell asleep? Did you fall asleep? Nope. No, I didn't either. For a two hour and thirty minute movie. Yep. And then what would you rate this out of 10? What did I give the last movie? The James no, Bond? No, Nobody oh. was the last movie. Nobody. What did I give Nobody? No, I didn't give it. That was like a six or seven, wasn't it? Yeah. This one, hmm. I got to give it. You give James Bond like a nine or something. Or 8.5. I'm going to give this a nine. Oh, Okay. I'm giving this a nine because it pretty much hit all my boxes, and 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 the main reason is mm-hmm. is how well written it was. Mm-hmm. It's rare these days to watch movies that are original and well written, mm-hmm. and they're not. Oops. Sorry. Seriously. You thought it was original, even though it was yeah. a remake. It's not a remake. It was a rewriting of the of original book. book. Um, yes. So, is it time for me? To I'm get saying my original, rate? as in it's not like it's what? Not uh, something part oh, remake part ten. Okay. Fast and Furious Fifty. It's yeah. not. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's not like franchised. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, I. It was fresh. I, I think like. It, I'm now I'm starting to think about what I will want to give because if it was just the first like if the entire movie had the pacing and the feel of the first half then this would have been like and sometimes you need a change well, of pace so that your your the your intensity of viewing isn't always the same sometimes you need a small break to then come mm-hmm. back to a strong finish that's why I'm saying it's, sometimes it's bad mm-hmm. when 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 the pacing is 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 bad and things fall off and you just totally lose interest in a movie. That happens. It happens a lot. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it did fall off after the first portion, but not not really in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the end, it it picked way back up. Yeah, I think that this is like I I like this movie a lot. I think that I would give it like a 7.5 or oh, 8. It's not very good. Or 8. Or 8 and a half maybe. <laughs> I'm in between those two because like it, 8 and a half and 9. This is that would where have been at? like a really 7 and a half. <laughs> Seven and a half is not. That's no good. What did you get? You gave that to nobody, I think. No, I gave huh? nobody a, like a, a six. Uh, have you given any high marks out? I haven't given any out. out any. What are you waiting for? For God's sakes, we're on for a twenty. Something to really this is the twenty-seven do... show, and you you still can't find a nine. Oh yeah. Well, we haven't Jeez, watched a nine. Wise. Well, I don't choose the movies we I, watch. I, you do. I watched a lot of good ones. Yeah, okay. Well, we watched this movie on HBO Max. Yes. And maybe next time 
we'll find a movie that I can rate a nine. Uh, it seems impossible. Yeah. All right. Do you want to sign off with goodbye? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>